Do you need help with your journey following Jesus? Has your Bible reading brought up some interesting questions? Um, I, I need a prayer request. Is I've heard um, pastors talk about you can't get to heaven just with good deeds. I was just wondering what you guys think. Is, the, is there a correlation between the seventh trumpet and Revelations as the last trumpet, or is he talking about some other trumpet? Finally, a place to get answers. We're ready to take your prayer request and answer your Bible questions. Call in at 303-690-3000. Let's join Calvary Live right now. Good afternoon, everyone, and welcome to today's edition of Calvary Live. Coming to you live from the studios here at Calvary Church in Aurora, Colorado, a Denver suburb. Shout out to everyone listening on Grace FM. Up and down the front range is what we call this side of the Rockies uh, on the Denver side all the way up into Cheyenne, Wyoming, south into Pueblo West. Uh, Shout out to our friends down in Colorado Springs, listening on Grace FM 101.7, up here in the Denver area, uh, 89.7. And of course, we have our friends all around the country listening live on the Radio by Grace Network. Welcome. And then one week delayed uh, on Hope FM, Truth FM, Higher Rock Radio, but all that means is you call while the show is on the air. We'll answer your call live for all our live audience, and then you get to tune in the following week and hear yourself on the radio. And how do you get on the air? 303-690-3000. 303-690-3000 is the number. That's to get on the air. Best way, that's what the whole show is all about. Let's talk on the air. Uh, let's pray together. Be encouraged in the Lord together. Uh, and if you want to text me, I see texts have already coming in 24 hours, seven days a week, 720-336-0897. You should, you should save these numbers in your phone. That way you don't need to worry about them. Uh, the text line is for texts only. You can text questions and prayer requests. The prayer requests get forwarded to our prayer team here at the church, uh, as well as we may get to it on the air. Uh, we basically use the the text questions, uh, text line to fill time if we don't have phone calls. Uh, if we don't get to you, uh, try again, call back. But if it's a prayer request, it gets forwarded. 303-690-3000 is the number. We're going to wait for the phone lines to light up. Sometimes they, they light up right away. Other times it takes some time, but it's a good opportunity to encourage you to give financially. The future of Christian radio is through supporters just like you uh, that are listening to this on the radio station you're listening to right now. Support local Christian radio. Every amount matters. If you're listening on Grace FM, we need and want your support. If you're listening on a Radio by Grace station, they need and want your support. Hope FM, Truth FM, it is the future. Um, These faithful, ongoing gifts that help pay the bills. Uh, We were, I'm not even going to give you the number, uh, but on one phone line here in Denver, we have a dedicated phone line. Uh, No, I'll I'll give you the number uh, that I found out yesterday. We uh, are out of contract with the phone company because we're switching over. So until we get switched over, they're charging us $12,000 a month. That was the last phone bill from our local phone company here called CenturyLink. And that's because we are moving on to a new company. 
but it's taking time to get that all arranged. And yes, we got a, that's a radio station, one bill, just one bill, $12,000 a month. And that's what they, they increased it to. Um, so it, wherever you're listening to this, to this program, the radio station has real bills, uh, real ongoing finances that takes to keep radio on the air. And of course you hear it free and almost always we're kind of conditioned. Well, I'm hearing it for free. There's no subscription involved. So it must come to me for free, but it doesn't. A church owns the station. All the stations that were carried on, a church owns it, not a corporation, not an investment company or anything. It's a ministry of the church, and it's a fruitful. It's an amazingly fruitful ministry. Your support will go a long way. Uh, and uh, the re- websites, if you're listening uh, on Grace FM, is gracefm.com. Uh, if you're listening on Radio by Grace, it's Radio by Grace. Uh, let me see. Let me make sure. I'm not going to quote it wrong. I have these saved here. I need to type it out on a piece of paper here for my office, but I have a text. Radiobygrace.com, uh, gracefm.com, hopefm.net, truthfm.net, higherrockradio.org. Uh, so please, um, when I encourage you, it's it's not the kind of uh, request that you might hear a televangelist or something uh, ask. It's just the ongoing costs and, you know, staffing and computers and uh, software and the electric bill and the phone bill, uh, $12,000. I almost fell out of my chair yesterday. 303-690-3000. Charlene texted in uh, and she says, I sure need prayer having anxiety and cold flashes. Father, we pray for our sister Charlene and the uh, anxiety she's feeling. It's so real. And the cold flashes that she's facing, God, that you would calm her heart, reveal or remove even the burdens that she's carrying that's causing her to literally lose her mind over anxiety. And we pray that peace that passes all understanding is a gift to her from you, Lord, for her to receive it and access it. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, this is a great question. Will I go to hell if I cannot overcome pornography addiction? Will I go to hell if I cannot overcome pornography addiction? Well, let's let's uh, break down your question in a few ways, okay? Number one, the criteria for eternal life is faith in Jesus Christ. It is not behavior specifically, but rather it is the finished work of Jesus on the cross, his blood that's been shed for us, and his um, sufficient substitution of his life for ours. Born-again believer will go to heaven. Ongoing repetitive pornography sin is not an addiction. So don't call it an addiction. It's not an addiction. It's your willful sin that you've presented yourself to and you're a slave to it. And there is good news. So let's clear that up. There is good news that you're talking about overcoming that that sounds like the language of a believer. It also kind of sounds a little defeatist uh, because you also want to be able to say that you're into this sin because you like it, because you want to do it. Even though afterwards you probably beat yourself up and condemn yourself 
you still do it because you want to do it. That's what sin is. Nobody's forcing you to open your phone. Nobody's forcing you to put those websites in. Uh, so the warning with that is that when you live on ongoing sin like that, that concerns me about your salvation, not the sin itself, like, but the fact that you would continue to live in it uh, and, and get a hardened heart over time because typically believers leave sin. They don't stay in sin. Now, let me be clear. I don't know the condition of your heart. I don't know whether you're born again or not. You need to sit down with someone and talk this through. A radio program isn't enough. I, I just gave you a, a real big flyover. But the fact that you're committed to this sin and you put it in the realm of addiction like you can't get out of it, that needs some attention. That needs some, uh, you need some help. And again, you don't give me all in your text. Que- this is a text question, so I don't know. You go in and out. It's occasional. It's episodic. Um, but let's just be let's be honest. If, you, if nobody's forcing you to do this, nobody, not the devil, not the computer, you're choosing this. Therefore, you are responsible for it. And Jesus said that you can access the freedom that comes by faith if you present yourself to righteousness. So I would suspect that even the time that you took to text that question, you're not involved in that sin. So celebrate that. Celebrate the moments. Celebrate the hours. Celebrate the days. And then walk away from it. And there's some ministries. We we have a ministry here at the church. Uh, geez, I don't remember uh, exactly what it's called. I'll have to think about it. Um, but we have ministries that are designed to help men walk in freedom. Uh, and uh, I can't remember it. It is Pure Life. Pure Life Ministry is what it's called. Uh, and there, there are national ministries. So you can look them up. Pure Life Ministry. 303-690-3000 is the number. Wide open phone lines. I see no lines lit up. So if you've ever wanted to be on the program, now is the time. 303 303- Six nine zero three thousand is the number three zero three. But we've got text questions that we can take. Uh, and uh, hello, Pastor Ed. Thanks for all you do and your staff. The others uh, who man the station um, just want praying that Bianca still alive. Bianca is still alive. She was at our Easter services this last weekend, so Bianca's still alive. I didn't get a chance to talk to her, but she is okay. She's at another church now. Uh, I want to say. Uh, I can't remember. I think it's a church that speaks Portuguese. Um, I don't remember the country, um, you know, the origin, but but it's Bianca's um, uh, it's Bianca's nationality uh, in the language she speaks. So she was ministering in another church. So we don't see her all that often. Maybe once a month, twice a month now. But I did see her uh, Easter. She sat up front like she typically does uh, and received the word of God and worshipped with us and sang with us. So yes. Bianca's doing well, and I'm sure she's got a full life. She started serving on their worship team. She Last time I prayed for her, she had another mission on her heart to serve the Lord. Uh, so, yes, she's doing great, to the best of my knowledge. I saw her in church, and that's a good thing. 303-690-3000. Here's a question. Can you explain Roanoke religion? I have never heard of it before, so I'm just going to put it in to my search bar and see what it is. Religion in Roanoke, uh, I don't know what it is. There's really nothing uh, uh, 
there's really nothing on my, I just Googled it and nothing came up. So maybe you typed in the wrong word. Maybe Roanoke is not the right word. You can always text me back. 303-690-3000. 303-690-3000. Let's head over to New Jersey. Brigadine, New Jersey. You're in the hey. same boat as me. Hey, Thank Elaine, you very you're much. on the yeah. air. Oh, hi. Hi. Hi, Pastor Ed? Yeah, you're on the air. Elaine, how oh, are you? Oh, I'm sorry. I was making a delivery. Um, Yeah, <laughs> I haven't been feeling well for a while. Okay. And um, I usually don't ask for things for myself. But, okay. um The doctor was like, wants me to stop doing this delivery. He said, just okay. too much on me. And um, I'm looking at having to move. And um, I'm not feeling good, and I'm still pushing myself. And I just would like to ask for some prayer. I've been following you and Samuel, um, for Samuel. Yes. Um, but I haven't really been able to comment or, or email you or anything because okay. I've been really sick. It really hit me this time. Oh, no. Well, let's pray. Okay. Father, I do pray for my sister Elaine. Uh, in the need that she has before you, it's multi-layered. There's quite a bit going on in her heart, in her life, in her body. Uh, very sick, hitting her very hard. And you know her needs, God. And I think of the scripture. I pray into her life this promise that you give to us that you would provide for all of our needs according to your riches in Christ Jesus. And and we need that. We We need your provision. Elaine needs your provision. And I pray that you would provide that, Lord, uh, that you would show her just how faithful you are. And in this particular need, and I know she already knows uh, your faithfulness, but this is a particular need. And so based on your past faithfulness, Lord, give her encouragement for your personal faithfulness in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Thank you. Here's the scripture. Amen. Thank you. And and I pray for you too, Pastor Ed, and all the pastors on the radio. I greatly appreciate you and your your radio service. Let me me quote that scripture very specifically. It says, And my God, my God shall supply all your need according to his riches in glory by Christ Jesus. Okay. Thank you. (laughs) Amen. That's so good. Where, where, what, 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 one, what, what is that one? I have the, the, Blood work is often the sodium down, and it's giving me confusion. So, okay, Philippians chapter four, verse nineteen. Philippians chapter four, verse nineteen. I think you, t- I think you email me that. Good, it's a if good you- one. Yes, it is a great one. Thank you, thank you All so right. much. Bye bye. All right, bye bye. Three zero three six nine zero three thousand is the number. Three zero three six nine zero three thousand taking your calls and your questions. It's grateful to be with you this afternoon. Open lines up and down the front range here in Colorado, Wyoming, parts of Nebraska, south there to Pueblo West, and then all around the country on the Radio by Grace Network, Hope FM, Truth FM, Higher Rock there in Meridian in the Boise area, taking your calls and questions, 303 Six nine zero three thousand three zero three six nine zero three thousand. All right, we're heading now south from New Jersey to Alabama. David, welcome to the program. Hey, hey. My my question: I go to a Calvary church down here, and I ask 
the pastor a question, okay. but the answers I cannot find. I've got a concordance. I cannot find it in Scripture anywhere. Okay. And I, I hate it when I can't find a Scripture answer in the Bible. Okay. The, uh, when Jesus said, no man, and yes, he was mortal at the time, no man knoweth the day or the hour of when he would return. Okay. Not even himself. So does that imply that all three persons, God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit, are they different individuals, or are they the same? Because the Son said he did not know the hour or the day. Or was it because at the moment that he was mortal and he had given up that knowledge to become mortal? Yeah, yeah you tapped into a, a challenging question that has a couple different sides to it, right? You, ha- you, you, you approached it from the Trinitarian side, the character and nature of God, and your observation is, is, is a good one. Uh, because if indeed the question would go this way, if Jesus is indeed uh, God in human flesh, then he would lack no knowledge. And and then with that premise, then to go on and say, well, here's something that Jesus states that he doesn't have a particular knowledge set. It doesn't seem to fit. Um, so that's a good question. Good observation. Um, let's go back to the definition of deity um, the trend, the doctrine of the Trinity or the way that God has revealed himself in scriptures as that he is, uh, God is one, that he has, um, that he exists in three persons, three distinct persons, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. And you'll remember that the Son is the unique Son of God. He's described in John chapter 3, verse 16, as the... Uh, only begotten, which would speak of uniqueness. Uh, there, There is no other like him. He is one of a kind, which we all agree on. And what, may, what makes the Son unique, even within the Godhead, is that he is the person within the Godhead who took on a human body. And and the statement that he makes there, because he is, he is the only person of deity with two natures. He has the divine nature, and the human nature that is manifested through a human body, sinless human body. So the statement that he has that he does not have that knowledge was made as a human, uh, and it reflects that he has two natures. That's really all there is. Thing is, um, when I know it's in the Bible, and I'm not sure exactly where the uh, the scripture had said that there had to be a sacrifice made and everybody else in the throne room said, let it be me, let it be me, let it be me. And then the scripture said there was a bloodied sheep on what? the floor. I never heard that before. Where did you read that? Oh, I, I, I don't know. Yeah, I don't but think the, that's in the Bible. I've never heard that before. But the uh, the implication was 
it had to be the Son, and since it's a trinity, they were always there. Not in the Bible. Didn't come from the Bible. Don't don't know where you learned that from, but it didn't come from the Bible. Oh, David. All right. Didn't come from the Bible, my friend. Uh, but thank you for your question. I hope I was able to answer it. 303-690-3000 is the number. 303-690-3000 is the number. Taking your calls and your questions. Sometimes we can't pick up things that we heard or read or saw or on some website or YouTube video that doesn't reflect what the scriptures teach. Uh, And it does require quite a bit of studious focus on the scriptures themselves to come up with the conclusions that we have uh, that, you know, when you're asking a question uh, or when, when you're reading through the Bible and you're asking a question the only place you can answer is the context of that particular passage. Otherwise, you'll come up with a, or, or the possibility of you coming up with wrong answers uh, will come, especially if you go extra biblical, especially if you go with extra biblical, because uh, if you're extra biblical, then you're going to be super confused. Uh, and it is, you just want to be super careful. Um, we were we were talking about this yesterday and give me a call, 303-690-3000. We were talking about the significance um, that you would, uh, w- Roman Catholicism, how the error uh, theologically, we're talking about um, the false teachings of Mariology, um, and we looked at the four points that are super, like the Immaculate Conception, the fact that she was born sinless, is just foolishness. It's just not true. Um, and you don't need to take my word for it. Just read the Bible, read the gospel of Luke and tell me why a sinless person would ask, would claim Jesus, her own son as her savior. Um, we have all sin and fall short of the glory of God, but, um, we talked about the danger of if you, if you go outside of the scriptures, you're going to make decisions and whether it's tradition or the arbitrary teachings of a man or a council, like the, like the Pope. Uh, and Pope uh, Francis um, is the the reality of of a, a pope making a decision, um, a pope making a decision like uh, when um, Pope Benedict got rid of limbo, which is a Catholic doctrine that had been taught for centuries. Because uh, among Catholic um, discussions today, um, there's people upset with Pope Francis complaining, changing church doctrine. This article came into my uh, box today, uh, but they're hardly blinked. This is the the statement he's making. They hardly blinked when Pope Benedict got rid of limbo. So it's, it's like the discussion. You know, the popes they can get rid, of, they could do whatever they want. Uh, they can change doctrines. They can go back and forth because that's what they do. Um, but you you know it's just kind of a mess when you give that kind of authority to a human being to change doctrine unilaterally uh, and it doesn't matter if it's pope benedict or it's pope francis or any of the other popes it's a man-made rule uh, they they don't have the authority above god they don't have the authority to change doctrine so stick to the word 303 6903000 303 6903000 
is the number, Pastor, I know numbers like the number seven are in the Bible. I heard recently that when we see the number 11, it is the angels speaking to me. Uh, I have never heard that number 11 that speak angels speak to me. Uh, there is a ministry that, or not a ministry, but an approach to scriptures uh, known as numerology, um, that there are some significance within the use of numbers scripturally, um, but I've never heard of the number 11 uh, representing angels speaking. And even if angels do speak, um, again, there's there, the significance of angels. Remember, there's a warning that if an angel comes, even if an angel comes and teaches something contrary to the scriptures, you're not to receive them. Um, but, you know, uh, number seven, the number of completion, or number 40, the number of judgment uh, or trials. Uh, number six, the numbers that associate to man. Uh, four um, speaks of the number of creation, like four seasons, um, that type of thing. But no, I, I've never heard 11. I've got to be careful in this realm because a lot of people make stuff up just to draw attention to themselves. So be careful there. 303-690-3000. Coming back to Colorado now. Justin, welcome to the program. Hey, Pastor Ed. How are you? Good, man. How are you? Uh, doing great, doing great. What's up? You're on the air. Yeah, hey, thanks for the time. wanted to say uh, it's been a privilege to uh, hear your, your preaching. We just moved out to Colorado three months ago. Welcome. Uh, plant, thank you, planting a new church in Superior. No way. How's it going? It's, it's going okay. It's going good, slow and small beginnings here on the front end. But uh, he, discovering your, your preaching has been a lifeline for me. That's great. Uh, and... Uh, Wanted to thank you for that encouragement, and then also just ask my my one question today. Yeah, is just that uh, you pray for us. Okay, all right. Thank let me. You, um, I'm, what I'll do is um, I'll have Kevin. I'll put when you were done praying. I'll have Kevin get your phone number, and I'll connect with you. We have a real heart for church planners, so I want to make sure you stay encouraged and connected. Um, what's the name of your church? Uh, it's Cole Creek Church. Okay, why don't you tell everybody that's listening about it, um, maybe a little bit. Are you guys affiliated with anyone, or what, what's the—tell us about your church. Yeah, you know, we uh, we came from actually Dallas, Texas, and so I hope they don't hate me for saying that, but— uh, <laughs> you know, I think we're we, all used uh, to the Texans. <laughs> that's we right, love Texans. Texans. And Californians, right? That's uh, Well, we try not to mention that too much. <laughs> yes, I just watched the Jesus Revolution today. It was fantastic. But yeah, it was a great uh, came from the Village Church, actually. Okay, good. Uh, in the Dallas area, and uh, we have just kind of grew a heart for Superior in the past couple of years. And then when the wildfires came uh, about a year and a half ago, and really uh, struck the town with some tragedy, it just broke our hearts that there actually wasn't a church in Superior, and um, we just felt compelled by the Lord to come. And, and be the church for this community. And so uh, here we are uh, a couple of years later following that call and, and just getting started slowly but surely Yeah, here in the town. Church planning is uh, not for the faint of heart. Uh, we moved here in 99 uh, to Aurora and did just me and my wife and my three kids. Uh, and uh, the Lord had a group of people that were already meeting. Uh, it was a church on the other side of town pastoring, uh, having a little Saturday night gathering out on this side of town and we ended up connecting with them and um, and you know it's been 23 years and ups and downs uh, highs and lows but it feels like right now uh, that we're getting a chance to replant in many ways because of COVID 
and the, the changing dynamics of the church, the changing dynamics of the culture, the changing dynamics of the, the uh, generation and the kids. It's quite an exciting time to pastor right now, even though it's probably harder than it's ever been. Um, that only gives us more opportunity to lean into the Lord and trust him and press in. And like you, like you have the right heart for superior. We want to be the church. We're not going to make a church. We're not going to create a church. We're not going to grow a church. We're going to be it. And that's powerful. Uh, stick around. Uh, uh, you hear the music. It caught up to us because I wasn't looking at the time. I'm going to put you on hold. I'll pick you up on the other side, and we'll pray for you. This is Calvary Live. We'll be right back. Welcome back to Calvary Live. Give us a call at 303-690-3000 or text us at 720-336-0897. Let's join Calvary Live right now. Hey, welcome back everyone to Calvary Live, second half of the program. I want to welcome everyone that is joining us. Uh, maybe you're joining us for the first time on the second half. So come on aboard and give me a call at 303 303 Six nine zero three thousand. We were talking with Justin uh, before the break, and the music caught up to us. Justin, you still with us? <laughs> yes, sir. So, people up in the Superior area, how can they find your church and find information about you? Yeah, sure. I mean, thanks for that. Certainly not the reason for the the call, but it's uh, it's a website you can go to just www.coalcreek.church, and you can find us there. Is it Cold C O L D or C O A L? Yeah, that's C-O-A-L-D-R-E-E-K dot church. All right. Lord, I just pray for my brother Justin and the the desire of his heart with his family and the group he's meeting with to reach this city with the gospel, to be faithful and loving God with all their heart, soul, and mind, and loving their neighbors themselves. And I, I pray, God, for them that in the difficulty of of church planting, the, the warfare that's involved, the challenges— the drain on resources financially, emotionally, spiritually, all of it, Lord, I pray you'd be a strength and you would give him uh, and the ministry there a free reign that the gospel would move forth. I was thinking of that scripture, Lord, where the gospel uh, would move forth with power and boldness. Uh, and I pray that over Justin, Lord, that truly is he would fulfill the call that you placed upon his life and that you would in, establish him in all that you want to accomplish in and through his life until you return in Jesus name. Amen. 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 Thank you. All right, bro. I'm going to have Kevin get your number and we'll, we'll connect with you. All right. Thanks, Pastor Ed. All right. God bless you. And my heart beats uh, for church plants, I'll tell you that. Um, it takes a special family and special people. Uh, I just think back of that crew that was with us in the beginning years uh, in our church uh, with this green, um, uh, unproven, um, I mean, I was up to the point of serving in the church, but what's the word I want to use? Green for sure, uh, maybe immature uh, for sure in my pastoral ministry, um, and untested, and those first few years are are testing years for sure, and 
uh, it takes a special person. They they say people that study these things they say that the peop- the folks that get involved in a uh, some of the people that God uses to plant a church are called pioneers, where they and they have the pioneer spirit and they are excited. They want to be around. They they are ready to do all the hard work. And and then as a church grows, they need people that are settlers that will just be there, plant themselves down. Uh, whereas like a missionary mind, a church planner is kind of a pioneer. But if the church planner doesn't shift into the the settler mode, then he's going to have to raise someone up like Paul did, hand it over like Timothy. Stay there, Timothy. Stay there, Titus. Be a settler because I'm going to keep being a pioneer. So I just want to say a shout out. If there's anybody listening that were with us in the early days, thank you for being there in the early days um, because you know the people in our church today are benefiting because of the time you spent with us. And I see so many of those families are all around the country now. They've moved on and moved to other places, doing new things with new churches. I mean, some are not. Some are not even walking with the Lord anymore, but um, which is a bummer. Some have create, you know, wanted to spend the rest of their life bitter and upset, which is kind of a bummer. But, but most of you guys, such great, great memories. 303-690-3000. Where are we headed? Aurora, Colorado. Miranda, welcome to the program. Hi, Pastor Ed. How are you? Good. How are you? I'm good, thank you. Um, I was calling, first thing, I, I do have a prayer request, but I first want to tell you, um, my mom and I, we go to, to Calvary in Aurora. Yes. And um, I, we, I listen to Calvary every day on my way home, and even in the morning. I always catch Jack Hibbs in the morning. Um, but And my mom and I always converse about, you know, what we heard from, you know, the various pastors, yourself, Jeff Figs, um, or just, you know, discuss what we heard and things we learned. And I just have something funny to share, because okay, one day I was telling my mom something I had learned from you. I don't remember what it was, but the point of my story is I called my mom, and I said, you know, I was listening, and Uncle Ed, he said, now <laughs> <laughs> you are lovingly Uncle Ed. Oh, that's so good. You know, and so I just it, wanted to share that, because I get a good giggle out of it every time. That's fantastic. Well, what's going on, Miranda? Well, so my mom, she has been for the past two years, roughly, just struggling and quite honestly just suffering with Mm. thyroid eye disease. Okay. And she's had her thyroid removed, and it it hasn't gotten much better, and that was, gosh, over a year ago at this point. But in May, coming up pretty soon, she's going to go in for a procedure to kind of help because it's, it's, thyroid eye disease like kind of compiled with severe dry eye and she's going to get a procedure done to hopefully help with that and i just want to pray for her that it is god's will that she be healed from it from this time because she's been struggling for so long and you know just trying to stay strong and you know as humans we all have our weak moments but she tries to stay strong and sure. stay positive and keep her faith. And she hasn't lost it by any means. She loves the Lord with all her heart. I just, I, I feel bad for my mama because I can't, I can't do anything to leave it for her. And I just pray that God will allow this to heal her. Uh, I would definitely pray for her, and I think it would be good if, um, if is is will she be able to be in church anytime soon with the surgery? Um, is it... We can certainly try. I know we came. Um, I don't know, maybe a month or two ago we came, and, and she did receive prayer. Okay. From, did they anoint her with um, oil? Did you, did, you, did you ask, and did you, 
did we anoint you with oil? Because I think that would be a really, like the Bible says, if any of you are sick, to come to the elders and we can anoint with oil. And Okay. Um, I don't I don't believe she was anointed with oil. Let's, let's make sure we do that the next time we can get her in. And, okay. You know, if it's an inpatient thing as well, you can always call the church and we can have a pastor come and visit at the hospital too. No, it is outpatient. She'll okay. be going and coming and coming home the same day. And they're only doing one eye at a time. Okay. Um, but yeah, so she'll be coming home that same day. Okay. Well, Father, I pray right now for Miranda's mom and, and just a very frustrating um, malady, Lord. I, I know that everything around our eyes and our, does, you know, they're so precious to us, so important, so valuable that you even use um, the eyes as being a window into our souls, Lord, and being able to um, see and appreciate, and and the not only that, but when they're when they're it's dry and this thyroid issue, uh, connected issue, and um, probably very annoying and frustrating, but at the same time pressing through, Lord, with just a great example. We pray for your healing hand to touch her for this surgery to be successful and. God, that there would be a sense in these latter years for Miranda's mom to be very fruitful in ministry with limited restrictions. And we pray that in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Pastor. I really appreciate it. And we appreciate you and your teachings and, you know, all that you do for the community. And I know it's hard for pastors like yourself, too. So we pray for you also because we're all human and we all need it sometimes. I receive it. Thank you very much. Thank you. Have a good night. Bye-bye. 303-690-3000. You know, it's a a beautiful thing. Uh, Oftentimes in the scriptures, we'll we'll see parents bringing their children to Jesus, but it's also a beautiful thing for children to bring their parents to Jesus, just like Miranda just did. It's a beautiful thing as we stand in the gap for others, want to be useful for our parents who loved us and cared for us. Um, I want you to join me in prayer right now. It just reminded me uh, a couple of uh, people from our church uh, on our team um, and her husband are uh, away serving uh, their parents in a real deep crisis. Uh, His father passed away and now his mother's really struggling and it's been a challenging time. So if you would join with me, it just reminded me of kids taking care of their parents. Very powerful. So Father, I pray for Tom and Tanya right now and all the things they're facing uh, with grief and loss and difficulty and challenges with his mom right now um, just because of her health. And I pray you give them wisdom and spiritual stamina uh, to help them, uh, to grow them. And even as I'm thinking, God, there's all these names coming through my mind. I think of Loretta, who just experienced her first holiday after her father passed away. I think of Sarah uh, and Elizabeth and one other sister, three within the last week in our church who lost their husbands so young. Um, um, and I'm sorry, I don't remember the other woman's name, Lord, but you know who she is. And I just pray, God, that you would bring comfort and encouragement to the grieving, to the widows and the widowers, um, and even to kids that are caring for their parents um, in love. Um, but it's challenging, Lord. We We know it's going to happen, but we never... Like we don't anticipate exactly when. And when it does come upon us, Lord, we just need the grace to respond to it uh, so we can be. um, So let Miranda's 
uh, let Miranda's example be true for all of us, um, even as I remember uh, flying back and forth to take care of my parents. So bless it, Lord, in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. 303-690-3000. We're heading back to Alabama, Mobile, Alabama. Eileen, welcome to the program. Hi. Hi. My, my question, when Jesus rose from the dead, he told Mary Magdalene not to touch him because he had not ascended to the Father. Uh, not too many moments after that, he encountered the women going to tell the disciples about the empty tomb, and he joined them as they journeyed along the way, and they fell down at his feet and grabbed hold of his feet and worshipped him. So my question is, why in John, why in one scripture did it say he, he told Mary Magdalene not to touch him, yeah. but he did not forbid the women when they touched him? Yeah, that's a great question. Uh, one of the ways that you want to think about these things is you want to remember that everything is done and said within a context. Are you familiar with that word context? I'm familiar with the word, yes. That's how you can, you can with, with understanding what context means, that, that will help you understand why you can see in the Bible two seemingly very similar events that have different outcomes because they happened at two different times for two different reasons, which would be context, right? What's the time? What's the reason? What's the facts concerning that situation? So the first one that you describe, Jesus says to her, um, do not cling to me for I have not yet ascended to my father, but go to my brethren and say to them, I'm ascending to my father and, and your father and to my God and your God. And the context of the statement of Jesus, I think, is going to help us understand what he's meaning. Um, the word cling there, uh, I looked it up while I, was, um, uh, while I saw that come through on the call screen. It means to apply oneself, to touch, or to bind, or to have an influence upon someone. Um, and the idea that uh, the context of the statement here, Jesus is telling Mary, don't hold on to me, I've got to leave. And don't hold on to me. You've got to leave. And that's what he says. He says, I'm, go- I'm, I'm not ascended yet, so I have a purpose. But also you have a purpose. So don't cling to me. Don't hold on to me. There's still work to be done. I'm going to ascend into heaven. But you also need to tell people the message that I'm ascending to my Father, to my God and your God. Uh, this isn't just a merely a touch. He's not preventing her from touching Um He's giving her ministry instructions that somehow that clinging or that hugging or that holding or even that touching that Mary was doing here implied that uh, she wanted to stick, keep him and wanted to hold on to him. And he said, no, that, that's don't do that. Uh, there's more ministry to be done. So go and do what I tell you to do. Okay. So when the women held him by his feet, they weren't. Clinging, they were not clinging to him. Well, what passage are you looking at later on? So I just want to make sure I compare. I I have the one in John. What's what is the other one you're looking at? Matthew, twenty-eight and nine. Uh, yeah. Let's go over that. Um, twenty-eight nine. As they went to tell the disciples, Jesus met them, rejoice. He came to them, uh, uh, held them by the feet, worshipped him. Yeah, the the idea that it's that we aren't there, but the but the the text using different words, it's a different environment. There's a 
There's a, the reality of their in bowing. You know, I think that the clinging for Mary probably spoke more to her motives, not her worship. He wasn't neglect. He wasn't telling her not to be happy, but in his statement, he was giving direction. Um, I mean, it would be like, um, it would be like you and me meeting at church uh, and I'm walking down the aisle and you're kind of standing in the way because you want to talk to me. And I say, please move out of the way. Uh, I've got to go down the aisle here and I want you to go over there and tell them. And then I walk six feet down and I stop and I, someone else blocks my way, but I'm actually going to them to talk to them. Um, you're like, well, why would he, why could you be there and not with me? Because my ultimate goal was to meet with them. And while you were there, I couldn't stop because I was already on my way somewhere. That's the same with Jesus. He's already on his way somewhere. So don't stop me. And there was something about Mary using that word cling uh, that was that was speaking of hindering or halting what Jesus was to do, whereas that word's not used here in Matthew. Okay. Let me look up and see if the word held gives us anything to hate to um it just means to hold on um has the impl- uh, does sometimes have power sometimes it means to have power over but they really weren't having power over because it's combined with the word worship um because it can mean master over but that's not the context here um it just means to hold on to you know to cling to okay um would it be permissible to comment on a uh, previous caller's statement to you, or that sure. I didn't? Okay. Yeah. A couple of calls back, a uh, gentleman was asking you something about Jesus not knowing the time that he's supposed to return. Yes. And I was wondering if you have heard uh, what is the Jewish tradition about uh, when the bridegroom goes to prepare a place for his bride, he goes to the father's house and builds a place. Yes. Bride, and it was the father who told the son it was time to go and get his bride. So, is that is is, is have you heard something like that? I have. And yes. That, uh-huh. that be kind of all that statement Jesus made. Could that, that kind of be surrounded around the Jewish tradition as well? That could be supportive, yes. That could fit. You could you could see that as an illustrative way to describe the relationship within the Trinity, sure. Okay. Yeah, that's a great addition, actually. Um, and I think that the first part of the question would be theological, and we addressed it that way. And then you could come. That's what pastors do all the time. They, would, they will take uh, either... A Jewish tradition, and a, I mean, what I mean by tradition is that is a typical marriage ceremony for the Jewish, uh, for the ancient Jewish people, uh, and use it illustratively to to even show greater that they're f- following the principles that were already held within um, the Jewish community. So, yeah, it's a great addition. Thank you. Well, thank you for answering my question about Mary Magdalene and the women, and thank you for taking time to. Let me speak. Thank you. You're welcome. Bye-bye. Great question. It comes in now by text. Uh, It says, Pastor Ed, uh, I have a question that's a touchy subject. Is it true teaching or true saying in the Bible that once saved, always saved? Um, Great question. 
Um, I personally don't like that phrase, once saved, always saved. Not because I don't like the, if you just took the meaning of it and allowed it to just say what it says, but because it has so much, it's so pregnant with other meaning uh, legalistically and denominationally and everything. I don't like the, I don't like the word, the phrase, uh, because it, it, it has a lot of baggage with it. That's probably a better way to put it. But let's talk about salvation. It's the nature of salvation, it's important to understand that. And that is, what is the nature of salvation? Is it eternal or temporary? It's eternal. So if it's eternal, then once a person is saved, receiving the gift of salvation, they remain saved because it's eternal. And there are a lot of evidences of salvation, a lot of things to be able to see. But I do agree that a born-again person, there's never an example in the Bible ever of a born-again person being unborn again. Neither is there an example of a born-again person being unborn again, then born again again, and unborn again, like what we would say, losing their salvation, getting it back, losing it. There's no example of that in the Scriptures anywhere. And if you just change the language a little bit, it starts to make the Bible clearer. Like, have you seen anyone that's unborn again? The answer is no. 303-690-3000. Appreciate you guys calling and texting. We're going to stick around on the East Coast. Uh, Tony in Maryland, welcome to the program. Ed, how are you doing, man? Good. How are you? Blessed. Uh, I've touched base with you a few times on Twitter. I'm not sure if uh, that's you or if you have your, your copy of it for you. I, man, I take care of it. Before. No, I take care of it. Touch base. Yep. So my question is on church history. Yes. I'm looking for a resource uh, on church history, okay. particularly something between uh, 400-500 A.D. Where would you start? Okay, there's a couple of resources that I recommend, and I'm I can't I'm looking up on my shelf right now. I can't see one of them, but one of them is a two-volume set uh, that takes church history into the 80s, I think, or into the 70s from uh, the Book of Acts, and that's La Tourette, La Tourette's. Uh, I'm going to look it up here. Church history. I actually used it in school. Um, so let me see if I can get you the exact. Uh, of course, the classic, um, the classic. Um, here it is. Set is Schaff's Church History. S C H A F F. That's like seven volumes. Uh, but I think you can get the stuff online now. Um, the other one is Law Tourette. It's called A History of Christianity, and that you spell his name L A T. O U R E T T E, uh, and you said uh, one of his volumes. His volume one covers five hundred and six hundred. Um, volume two covers Reformation to the present, and then and there is a great church history that it's like an overview. Um, let me see if I can find it real quick. That is uh, Bruce Shelley. Uh, here it is. It's by Bruce Shelley. Uh, it's called Church History in Plain Language. It's more of a modern take on church history, but he is trustworthy. Um, so those three would be the ones I recommend. I got that. Bruce Shelley, Schaff, S, I think it's S-C-H-A-F-F. Um, okay. And so okay. I would I would put La Tourette, Shelley, and then Schaff in that order of easy to understand. I think Schaff's is really easy. It's, I think it's a one volume, if I remember correctly. Awesome. Well, thank 
you very much, brother. Appreciate You're welcome. your help. Have, Have a blessed night. All right. Bye-bye. 303-690-3000 is the number. 303-690-3000. Where are we? Coming back to Denver. Greg, welcome to the program. Hi, Pastor Ed. How you doing? Good. How are you? I'm doing well. Thank you. Uh, so my question is, uh, I kind of feel these days that we, we've got some uh, kind of a, a conflict of interest in, in religion in, in regards to how we are supposed to treat and view other people. Okay. Specifically, you know, we're supposed to, you know, treat our neighbors as, you know, love our neighbors as we love ourselves. Um, we're not supposed to be judgmental and all these things. And that is, you know, Christ's teaching. This is not, you know, an opinion that somebody has. It's, it's something that we're, we're you know, told that we, we should follow. Okay. Um, that being said, I, I find conflict in the fact that a lot of times we do have, you know, uh, what I would call evil things that happen around the world where people will more or less say that you can't, you know, you can't uh, judge somebody, you can't call evil for what it is. And, and where I am, am, am kind of having the conflict is whether or not I am supposed to be uh, standing up against what I am, am feeling and viewing as evil, because sure. a lot of people will tell you, you're not supposed to judge me, you're supposed to love, you know, love everybody across the board, doesn't matter what they're doing, what, you know, who's doing what. Um, but I kind of liken it to if I'm if I'm witnessing somebody you know who's about to murder somebody else, for instance, I'm not supposed to just sit there and let that happen. You know, in, in my opinion, I'm supposed to I'm supposed to stop that if I can, if I can save a life. You know, I'm going of to. Course. But um, you know, nowadays it just feels like nope. You, everybody is just supposed to be able to do whatever they want, whenever they want. We're not supposed to call you know evil evil, and it's. It's it's very conflicting. Um, it makes it very difficult to have a stance on uh, one's beliefs and and whatnot without feeling like you're going to be uh, you know criticized and people are going to bring into question your actual Christian faith. Well, we we only have a few minutes. I think you have a super heavy, thorough question and comment and observations. That's really good because you are. It tells me that you're walking in the thick of your personal walk with the Lord. So don't be so. Uh, I would just start with this because I only have a couple minutes, but don't be so hard on yourself because you don't have clear answers or you feel conflicted because you're that that's a that's a good place to be. There's going to be truth and direction for your life that's going to come out of this conflict, and I'm glad that you're in the middle of it, really wanting to discern how to use it. And I'm really grateful that you use because I was going to use the same example and you used it to give some clarity and perspective. And, and the example you used is like, hey, if I'm standing in front of somebody that is going to murder someone, I'm going to have a different approach to them, right? I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go after them and try to disarm them like the officer just did in Louisville or the parent teachers just did in uh, Nashville at the school. Like I, I, that, that requires a different response, and that's the point I was going to make. That requires a different response than someone in a different context, you know, that spouting their philosophy or that is evil, but it's different. It has different effects. I think approach is very important. You know, one of my, one of the things that I I'm reminded of because it's so multifaceted, um, but I'm reminded of what Paul said in Romans 14, don't overcome, don't be overcome by evil, but overcome evil with good. And, and that, that's where, that's where I try to camp out. That's, that's, that's one of the bedrocks I want. I want. I want in my life, um, and that affirms the fact that there is evil. 
That affirms that it needs to be overcome, that it needs to be withstood. It affirms everything you're feeling right now. And and in this particular truth, it's warning that evil can have a way of overcoming us and actually influencing us on how we respond. And we want to be prayerful and careful. Um, If it's evangelistic, then we're going to have a different approach. If it's somebody with a gun, obviously we're going to have a different approach. If it's someone that's screaming and yelling, if it's someone we have a closer relationship, we're going to have a different approach. But I believe the approach, while the approach is different, the stand remains the same. And the stand is this. There is a right and wrong. There is a good and evil. There is a God in heaven who loves you, who sent his only begotten son, Jesus, to die for you. Uh, He's the one that defines evil. We don't. Uh, We use his definitions as recorded for us in the scriptures. Uh, we use so again. We could go on and on, but times um, times caught up to us. I, w- I wish we would have had this earlier uh, in the show, but it's a great place to be. Um, I, I, I you may not feel that way right now, but it's in these wrestlings that your personal walk and response is refined. And so I'm just grateful this is on your heart. And I thanks for calling, Greg. Sorry, we got to go. All right. I'm sorry. It went right to the music again. Love you guys. See you in church this weekend. We're in our servants class in the book of Acts. Calvaryco.church. That's our website. Get our app. Turn on notifications and pray for us. We need it. God bless you guys. Have a good night. You've been listening to Calvary Live. Tune in next time for prayer and God's word.